0: Hello, welcome to Refuge Fellowship. It's just great to be here again today. Please join me in prayer. Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much for this technology that allows us just to come together as a as a fellowship, as fellow brothers and sisters, still to worship together, to study your word, to make our prayer request known, and also just to praise you, Lord, for all the things that you have done, Lord. It's just so amazing, the God that we serve. Lord, as we are in just a special chapter this week talking about the Great Commission and what you've called us to do and who you've called us to be, Lord, I just pray, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would just be upon this place, Lord, to continue to protect our service and those about out there watching. And, Lord, we, we would just hear from you today, Lord. We'd hear your words, Lord. That's what we want to hear. We want to hear from your words, and that's through our Bibles, Lord. So, Lord, as we study our Bibles, Lord, as we study your word, Lord, I just pray your Holy Spirit would use this time, Lord. It would just quiet the things and the distractions around us, and our focus would be on you and our worship to you. I thank you, Lord Jesus, for this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So today is very interesting, as I'm sure uh, most of you, we've been teaching through the Gospels for almost four years and we've walked through all the gospels and walked with Jesus and the disciples all the way you know from his birth all the way through his death his resurrection and now we're at the last sermon with the gospels and i'm really excited uh if you got your bibles you're going to need them we're going to read through some passages uh kind of short today but what as we get into this great commission i really i want you guys to know that we're here we're here to serve you we feel that God has called us to stay here, to come alongside you in any which way that we can, whatever that would look like for each individual, um, from the different ministries we talked about, to prayer, uh, just any which way. So we're here. We have no intention of in leaving, and we just we really want to be an encouragement to all of you out there. So if you got your Bibles, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 28, and we're going to start in verse 16 got your Bibles. Let's read the first few verses. Then the 11 disciples left for Galilee, going to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some of them doubted. So this kind of goes back to last week. We Remember, the disciples, they had gone fishing, remember? And then when they got back to the shore and they found Jesus, uh, Peter, he got kind of rebuked by Jesus, right? Because they were supposed to be there Waiting right waiting to go to the mountain, but they had gone fishing in between times But then peter had been restored to jesus. Jesus had asked him many times. Do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me and we see a restoration of peter we see a new humbleness in peter and now earlier as jesus had requested them They are now at the mountain where jesus had called them to go and they're meeting jesus and I think maybe fourth or fifth time I'm, not sure exactly But so this is very important Now, I find it interesting as they're meeting with Jesus and it says when they worshipped him, when they saw him, they worshipped him. But some of them doubted. You know, it's amazing after we've gone through this many, many weeks. And yet some of them are still seeing Jesus and still having doubts in their mind. Their faith still was not really grounded. You know, as I think about this, the disciples that were there, they'd walked with Jesus for three years. They've seen him risen from the grave. They've seen the resurrected Jesus. Right? They've touched his wounds as Thomas talked about. And yet they still had some doubt. You know, that's it. I know that sounds strange to you, but that's actually encouraging to me. Because you know, even after all of this, sometimes we can have doubt in our minds. And so even these disciples, as they walked through all of this, and Jesus was with them, the resurrected Jesus was with them. And they still had doubt of what was going on and what was taking place. And you know, that's just amazing to me to see that. And it's encouraging because, you know, these men that we read about here, they went on to amazing, great ministries um, to write this, the Bible. And yet, even as they're with Jesus, sometimes they had some doubt. But when we have that, just as the disciples do, it's, it's normal. It's part of our walk. Sometimes we have some doubt. Well, we take that to Jesus. We take that to the cross and we just put, come back and put our faith back into Jesus through, you know, that. A lot of times it's through fellowship, through reading our Bible, just to bring us back to that place of faith. So even the disciples at times struggled with that. So to me, that was encouraging because, you know, sometimes as we're here and we're talking about the Great Commission, we're sent out to go out into the world and we're here right now. And yet even inside of that and all the miracles that we've seen and how God has provided in every way, sometimes I can sit and just have doubt. Am I really doing this or should I just go back or what am I doing here? It's kind of normal, so that's okay, but we need to turn from that when that does happen and just turn back to our focus on Jesus, just like the disciples did. Let's continue and look at the next few verses. Look at verse 18. Let's just finish the chapter. Jesus came and told the disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. You know, as I read this, the first thing I see is this all authority. Because, you know, we are disciples, right? We are to go out and make other disciples in, in all the world. But as we think about that, we got to see who has commissioned us, who has anointed us, who has given us authority to do that. And it says, Jesus is by all authority, but you think about that. You know, if you have, like, if you're a child, you get the authority of your parents, or maybe in your workplace, you have the authority of your boss, or maybe if it's in your government, it's a government official. It's nothing like that. This is authority from the one who created all existence. He created time, who created life, who created each one of us. That's by what authority that we have to go out and preach the gospel. I just find that amazing how much I mean, that's just it's so it's way too big to even imagine the authority that is behind the calling that each of us have on our lives to go out and preach the gospel from the very one who spoke everything we know into existence has given us authority to go out and share the good news, to share the gospel. So think about that as you're, you know, as you're thinking and wondering about that. Also, it says, go and make disciples of all the nations. I think that's so important because it says all. It's everyone. We're to reach out to everyone. There's no select group. There's no certain group that's excluded. Uh, it's all. All people need to have the opportunity to come to know Jesus. And it continues here. And I like this one. It says, teach these new disciples to obey all my commands that I have given you. You know, these new disciples and these commands is talking about where do we get that? How do we teach that? That's through God's Word. That's where we need to be. You know, it's great you're here at Refuge Fellowship, but what we need to be in is in our Bibles. We don't need another book or another resource or a new revelation. We need God's words, the Bible. That's it, and that's how we find out and get to know Jesus, and that's how we find out what He wants for our life is through prayer, through the Holy Spirit, and God's Word. There's no other resources or new no new, new revelation needed. As we, I want to continue just to finish off the Gospels and we're going to turn to Luke real quick. Luke chapter 24. I just want to finish this off because this is the last passages in the Gospels before we continue to the book of Acts starting next week. So Luke chapter 24 verse 44 and I'm going to read to 48. Then he said, when I was with you before, I told you that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and in the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. You know, I just want to stop right there just for a second. Do you see how important this is? Then he, we're talking about Jesus and the Holy Spirit today, opened their minds to understand the scriptures. I've heard some people recently say they need some outside resources to understand God's word. That's just simply, it's not true. It's actually, it's heresy. We need the Holy Spirit who's upon us and living in us to reveal God's truth through the Bible, not through some other resource or writings through God's word and the Holy spirit will reveal to us. And he will give us understanding of what we're reading as we read the Bibles. If we truly seek him, what's so amazing too about that is, you know, our Bibles and God's truth is like an onion. You know, when we first read it, the Holy spirit will reveal certain things to it. And then years later or weeks later or whatever it would mean, you may read the same packet, the same passages and the Holy spirit again will reveal even more, maybe some deeper truths, but that's a Holy spirit's job to reveal these truths. Now it's true Pastors and teachers are used at times But really this understanding Is to come from the Holy Spirit And from the Bible With no other outside resources is needed I do use commentaries and other godly men's resources I'm not saying that But really when it comes down to this It's the Holy Spirit It's Jesus who will speak to us If we are in prayer and in his word Let's continue And he said This is verse 46 Yes, it was written long ago that the Messiah would suffer and die and rise from the dead on the third day. It was also written that this message would be proclaimed in the authority of his name to all the nations. Beginning in Jerusalem, there is forgiveness of sins for all who repent. You are the witnesses of these things. Again, just like we kind of read in Matthew we're going to go out. We're to share the gospel to all the nations, to all the people. And again, we're to proclaim this message under the authority of God. No organization, no church is under the authority of God. Let's just look at these last few verses. 49, actually last verse, I guess, 49. And now I will send the Holy Spirit just as my father promised. But stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven. It's so exciting as we read this verse. Jesus has told the disciples to stay there in Jerusalem. They're actually now in Jerusalem and to wait, wait for the Holy Spirit, because Jesus had an amazing work for them to go out. But he wants them to be filled with the Holy Spirit, that outpouring of the Holy Spirit to be upon them. And that's what we're going to get into in Acts. We're going to get into how they were called to, to the Great Commission. We're called to go out and share the gospel. And we do that with the power of the Holy Spirit. And we do that with our Bibles and the truths that are there. And I'm just excited to see how these disciples do this. But, you know, as we get into the next many months and look at Acts, the Acts of the Apostles, you know, each of us have a story, right? What is it to go out and share? What does it mean, the Great Commission, for us personally? And, you know, we're here. We're sharing with you guys. But each of us have kind of a different role or in different seasons and have different giftings as we're all called to fulfill the Great Commission. But there's many different parts of that. So today, kind of a different kind of sermon. I would like to invite the refuge team to come up and just share what it what the Great Commission is to each one of us, because each one of us is fulfilling that role a little differently, or according according to how God has called us. So I'd like you guys. Uh, most of you already know Miss Alyssa. She is the the leader for our children's ministry, and she's going to come up and share with you what the Great Commission means to her. So welcome, Alyssa.
1: Hello, everyone. I'm going to share a little bit about kind of the journey that God's brought me on as far as understanding what the Great Commission means. And to be quite honest, it's it's something that God is continuing to reveal more and more as my life goes on. And what does it mean in in this stage of life? And so I'm just going to go and read in Matthew 28 again, just to kind of refocus, (laughs) refocus my brain and just so that we have the verse fresh in our minds. So Matthew 28, 19 says, Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I'm going to read verse 20 as well. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you, and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So when I heard that verse when I was younger, I really thought that when like that verse just applied to missionaries. <laughs> so meaning that people... And I thought the word missionary, I thought the basic meaning meant that everybody who just leaves their home country and goes somewhere else to another country. That's what I thought a missionary was. Um, over time, God really revealed that we're all missionaries, each one of us, all of us are. Um, and it just depends on where God has called you, where he has put you and who he wants you to talk to and how that looks like in your life. And for me, it... Um, God really put a stirring in my heart in when I was in the sixth grade to um to be a missionary overseas particularly and when i was in sixth grade i didn't know what that looked like or where that meant i had no idea um and it took a long time to really see how that would come to fruition and god just had to really grow in me and mature me in different ways and and um to really show me what what does it mean to be a missionary meaning what does it mean to tell others about jesus and show them um, by word and deed and um what does that mean? So, um, just kind of want to walk you through kind of a little bit of that journey and, um, particularly bring you to, um, from the sixth grade. Then when I became a nurse, I thought at that point, when I um, graduated nursing school, I thought I was going to go straight on the mission field. Um, but God said, no, nope, I want you to get, um, experience. And, um, cause I felt like I was supposed to go overseas, but he's like, no, you need to understand what it means to actually be a missionary and to live it out. Because at that point, I was really scared to tell other people about Jesus. I thought, well, I'm just living my life and people will see it. And that's good, right? As we live our lives, we should reflect Christ and they should see him in us. And that's a big part of it. But it's also by telling other people about him. Because as we love him so much, that should just pour out of everything. Um And so he brought me a couple particular patients to do that with. And they didn't happen to be the easiest ones to talk with. (laughs) And I I mean, I tried to do it every day with the ones that I was with. But in particular, there were one I can think of right now is... um, He was an older man who was in a lot of pain, and he hit his call button, meaning that he called me in like repeatedly every 30 minutes. And you think every 30 minutes, it gives you some time in between. Well, we have four patients, and I'm giving pain medicine, and I'm doing orders for doctors in between that. And in the midst of that, he's complaining to the other staff that I haven't been in there. So I'm constantly trying to just prepare my heart, and when I go in to see him, give him a smile... And, and I wasn't even really thinking, like, super godly thoughts when I went in there at first. Um, but God really just called me to go in there, and I was able to talk with this man more and pray with him. Um, so that that moment was just pivotal for me t- as far as this is just another step that God wanted to grow me in as far as sharing my faith. So why do I share that, I guess? I'm, I feel like that God wants me just to share that he wanted... Like the whole great commission it's it's kind of it's maturity it's like as you um as God calls you to go and share it'll look different in each stage of life as he sanctifies you and makes you more and more like him, and as he develops you more of that um so kind of to jump to today it's like we're here, we're locked in, (laughs) what does it look like to go? I mean, we can't physically go, but we can still, we have technology, and um, we have ways that we can still share about Jesus to others. And in particular, um, I wanted to read in Matthew chapter 16, verse 24. It says, Then Jesus said to his disciples, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross, and follow me. Jesus just says to simply follow him. And so he'll show you what that looks like. He'll show you exactly like if you're we're in this time and you don't know what to do, um, God will show you. And he's a creative God. It can look different ways. Um, particularly for children's ministry for me, he's... He's brought it from me just doing videos to actually opening my mind like we can actually do Zoom with kids online. And that terrified me at first because I'm terrible at technology. I was like, how in the world am I going to get all these little kids to make sure that they get on, hit their mute button when they should, and that we're not all like singing at the same time so it sounds super loud? I was just trying to figure all these details out. But Jesus just said, follow me. And in the next step and through um, wisdom of others and encouragement of others, um it is turned into a really beautiful thing. Um, so it can look like different things in your life. So my my following and my going is going to look different than your going. But just an encouragement to follow and listen to um, where Jesus calls you. And to really seek his will every day. And to really stay grounded in his word. Because that's where you find where his will is. Is by spending time in his word. So thanks for letting me share. And Christian will come up next.
2: Amen. Thank you, Alyssa. Alright, so what does the Great Commission mean to me, and how am I living this out each day? So, it's kind of as Alyssa did, I just kind of like to rehash Matthew chapter 28 and just read a couple verses from there. So Jesus said again, starting in verse 18 of chapter 28, he said, Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So for me personally, what the Great Commission means for me, I see three things in the Great Commission for myself personally. And these are things that God shows me each and every day. And I think the biggest thing is number one, I see lifestyle in it. The Great Commission means a lifestyle to me. It means that it's not something that I can do to my convenience. It's not something I'm called to do when I feel like it. It's not something I'm called to do when I have the time or the the patience for it. I see a lifestyle in this. This is what God shows me every day, living out this Great Commission or this commandment to go into all the world and, and share Jesus. It's something I need to do each and every day. It's a lifestyle. Um... You know, I can struggle with this so many times and God shows me this each and every day for me to live out this great commission. It's not something I can only do when I feel like it, because if, if we're being honest, if we obey this commission, when we feel like it, we probably would never do it at all. <laughs> right. Sometimes God calls us to do hard things. He calls us to do difficult things. He stretches us. He, he, you know, he tries to grow us in our faith. And so I'm learning each and every day. This is a lifestyle, right? I also see this each and every day as a Christian, right? A lifestyle, as Alyssa shared, it's not just for people who leave their countries and go to another one. Again, you know, I thought like Alyssa did. That's what a missionary is. When you go into a different country and you leave your home and you go to a new culture and a new land and you share Jesus to to new people. But I see that now in a new perspective, right? It's not about that at all. I'm not any more a missionary and this commission doesn't apply more to me. Because I left my country and came to this country in Myanmar, right? We are all missionaries who profess Jesus. And we all have this calling. It's a lifestyle. And that's why it's so important each and every day that I, I live in tune with, with, with God, right? And I spend time with Jesus because I need to live this out every day. Something else the Great Commission means to me is humility. I need to humble myself each day. And I love Jesus because he gives us this commandment that he had already fulfilled himself, and I'd just like to share a verse from Philippians chapter 2, uh, verse 8. It says, And he, Jesus, being found in the appearance of a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Jesus came and he shared his love and he shared his message with us by leaving his glory in eternity. He humbled himself to suffer and die on the cross for us. And so, if I'm to live this commission out each day I need humility. That's the second thing God shows me in this. And humility means lowering myself what I want to do and putting the interests of others first, right? It means putting people above myself. You know, it doesn't matter what my interests are, or what my desires are. I need to I need to let go of that and God showed me that when he called me here. I had to let go of my plans and my desires and what I wanted to do and I had to learn To have the same heart as the Lord. To be obedient to what he wanted me to do. It's it's humility. And I'm not saying that I've perfected this. Trust me, I struggle with this every day. And it's something, again, we have to humble ourselves each day to live out this commission. The third thing I see in it is promise. I love this. Jesus promises me that he will reward me when I live out this commission. Jesus said throughout his word, right, that our faith will be rewarded. I think of um, Hebrews 11.6. It says that God is a rewarder of those who seek him. And so for me, the Great Commission, it it means a promise. Yeah, there's work that I have to do, but God also promises me that he's going to reward my faith in it, and he's going to give me treasures in heaven. And I love the promise that Jesus gives in Matthew 28. He said, I'm going to be with you. And for me, I need to hear that every day because I can struggle with this every day. I can... I can get so caught up in the trials and the the difficulties that I lose sight of the fact that Jesus didn't just call me here and leave me, right? He's not a taxi driver who takes me here and then leaves, right? He's with me always. He's staying with me. He strengthens me. All I have to do is go to him for strength. And no matter what it is I'm called to do each day, he's going to equip me to do it if I put my faith and trust in him. So that's kind of what the Great Commission means to me personally. And how am I living this out? You know, as Alyssa shared, it's different for everyone. For me, it's to come here to Myanmar. It's to come here to Myanmar and to just serve the Lord here. You know, that wasn't my plan. It wasn't, I had no, trust me, and this is no offense to those in Myanmar. I love it here. I love all of you. But I had no plans to come to Myanmar. I didn't, right? My plan, uh, after I graduated, I never planned on being a missionary. I wanted to stay in America and I wanted to, you know, continue to work, make money, and just live life with ease, right? That's what I wanted to do. And God called me to come to Myanmar. He put this stirring on my heart. It was only in the year 2019. It's only about a year ago. God put this stirring on my heart to to come serve him. And when I started to pray about it, God put Myanmar on my heart. And so, you know, I was like, okay, that's, that's cool. Yes. Praise the Lord. So I started to share with my friends. It's like, guys, I'm going to India. God is calling me to India. And everyone was like, great. And they started to give me their friends who were (laughs) served in India. And I started talking to people in India. I started to study India culture. And then I found out that Myanmar was its own country and it's not in India. (laughs) And, uh, my pastor said, Christian, I'm going to buy your plane ticket for you. So you show up in the right country. Right. I didn't even, I didn't even know where I was going, but God called me here. And when I got here, God just shows me each and every day. He's called me here to serve him and to love on you, to love on his people and to share the gospel. And so that's what the Great Commission is for me today. But, you know, I was, I was asked the question, what does the Great Commission mean to me? So I ask you, what is it? What is the Great Commission to you? Because God is calling you to do a work as well, just as he calls each one of us to do a work. So that's that's what I have to share about the Great Commission. So I think Vicki is going to come up and share next.
3: Hello, I'm also going to start back in Matthew 28 and I'll read verse 20. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you and be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So when I was um, asked this question today, um, I was just praying about these verses. And what do these verses mean to me? And then I was thinking, okay, teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you. Okay. So that means that someone needs to teach and then you need someone there to listen, right? So you have two people. And then I'm thinking. Well, I, who is I? Well, that's Jesus. So then I started looking at this and I want to read in Hebrews 1, starting in verse 1. And I'm really excited because in our women's Bible study, not this week, but next week, we're starting the book of Hebrews. So this was exciting to read this um, today. Long ago, God spoke many times and in many ways to our ancestors through the prophets. And now in these final days, he has spoken to us through his son. God promised everything to the son as an inheritance. And through the son, he created the universe. The son radiates God's own glory and expresses the very character of God. And he sustains everything by the mighty power of his command. When he had cleansed us from our sins, he sat down in the place of honor at the right hand of the majestic God in heaven. This shows that the Son is far greater than the angels, just as the name God gave him is greater than, than their names, and then it made me think of um, Jesus, right? And okay, so Jesus taught us the commands. Well, how do we know them? How do we know what those commands are? And um, so then I was looking at John one, right? It says, John one one. In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God. And the word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. So who is Jesus? Right here, the word, right? So how do I find out these commands? I go to the word. How do I teach these to people, right? How do you make disciples? You share the word of God. You're sharing Jesus with others. And it's not the words from my lips that I'm sharing. It's Jesus's words. So I was just thinking about that. And then I thought about, um, you know, like Pastor Aaron shared earlier how, you know, it's hard for some people to understand. Well, look at Psalm 119 verse 130. The teaching of your word gives light. So even the simple can understand. And I love that verse because I have four children and I teach them. And um, before Alyssa came, I was teaching the children's church. And it just always brought to mind how even these, even the children can understand God's word. That's how simple he made it. He made it to where every single one of us can accept Christ. He doesn't make it to where it's difficult for us. You know, it. you don't have to be a scholar to... Except Jesus Christ. It's for the simple. It's for the children. And I just love that. So for me, the great commission is living out God's word. Like Alyssa and Christian had mentioned, you know, it's, it's your life. It's how you live life every day. And how I have to live my life every day is I, I need to read the Bible. I need to read it every day. This is my instructions that God has given to me. And if I do that, then I can then go out and encourage others with God's word. Um, in our women's Bible study, we read through the Bible and we study it and we make notes and and then we share about it. And I just love it. And I'm going to share with you two verses this week that we studied. And this is how... God shows me to live out the great commission in Psalm 136 verses one and two, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to God of God's, his faithful love endures forever. That was Monday's verse and God used that verse to touch my heart. Not only Monday, but he used it throughout the week. Wednesday, my mom called me. And she had just gone through um, a two-week treatment because she had been diagnosed with um, a certain disease that um, affects the, her ears and it's in her brain to where she gets dizzy. And so she had just gone through this treatment. She was really encouraged. But she got home And she had a dizzy spell. So she called me up and she was really having a hard time and she was discouraged. And God brought this verse back to me to share with her. And that's how we're supposed to live this out. That's how we're supposed to live this great commission is sharing God's word with one another, encouraging one another with God's word. So I was able to share with her how I'm going to flip back to this one more time. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. And I was able to remind her of all the good things within the last two weeks that had happened. Um, as some of you may know or may not know there's fires in the U S well, my mom got evacuated from her house. And then she had to fly out to another part in the country to get this treatment. When she left, she didn't know if she was going to have a house to come back to. So I was able to share with her and say, Mom, look how amazing God is. You have a house to come back to. He answered our prayers. Your your house is standing. You even have beautiful trees around your house still. You went through this treatment and you didn't have any problems When you started this treatment, they said there could be a possibility that you could be paralyzed from this, but you're not. You're walking and you're feeling great. I mean, there's so many things that each of us can look at our lives and see God's hand on and we can give God the glory for that. And there's just one other verse I wanted to share with you. This was Tuesday's verse. It's Romans 5 verses three through five, we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance and endurance develops strength of character and character strengthens our confident, our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us. Because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. And this is another verse that I was able to talk to another friend. She called me up and she was having a really hard time. And and the Holy Spirit just put on my heart, you have the words to share. Because I had studied his word prior that week. And the words just came to mind of, yes, this is, this is what I need to share, you know? And so for me personally, um, to live out the great commission is like everyone had shared before you live it daily, right? It's in our lives. Um, you don't have to be a missionary. Uh, you, you need to spend time in God's word. That's what he says in, um, Matthew 28, it says, teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. These are the commands Jesus has given us, and we are to teach them and learn them.
0: Thank you, everyone, for sharing. I just felt that as we studied the Great Commission, as we fi- finished this season and this uh, of studying the Gospels, with talking about the Great Commission, I felt it would be just... Beneficial to everyone that we would hear from different people what that meant to them personally. You know, as Vicky was sharing and Alyssa and Christian, you know, to start the Great Commission, we need to be in our Bibles each and every day. We need to be reading God's word and then praying and asking for that outpouring of the Holy Spirit upon us as we see here is... He, Jesus told the disciples to wait for that outpouring. And then later, we have read that the disciples received the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And then, then they had the power of the resurrected God to go out and share that good news. You know, as each of us were sharing about being in God's Word, I just really believe this week God has brought to me several scriptures that I'd like to share with you. So if you've got your Bibles again, I would like to just start... Um, Let's just start, you know, actually in Revelation, because I think there's just so much going on in our world and around us right now. So if you got your Bibles, open up to Re- Revelation. Let's look at chapter 2, verse 24 through 27. But I also have a message for the rest of you in Thyatira, who have not followed this false teaching. Deeper truths, as they call them, deaths of Satan, actually. I will ask nothing more of you except that you hold tightly to what you have until I come. To all who are victorious, who obey me to the very end. To them I will give authority over all the nations. They will rule the nations with an iron rod and smash them like clay pots. You know, it's interesting as we look at this uh, in Revelation... What he's talking about here is there's so many different teachings out there. I mean, we can get on Facebook. We can get on the Internet. There's so many things out there. And I couldn't even begin to tell you half of them what they are or what they aren't because there's just thousands and thousands. And that's why here at Refuge, we stick to the Bible. We stick to God's word. And, you know, God promises. We read that, right? God promises he through his holy spirit will teach us through his word We will understand god's word through the holy spirit living in us because we have to be careful because it says here I've not followed these false teachings And you know, it says here deeper truths or I would say maybe a new revelation We don't need a new revelation Jesus is the revelation that we need and it's taught through his word our bibles You know as I also studied this I'd like you to turn back let's um Look, let's go to James, because as I say this, this is another truth that I see in the Great Commission of how we're to go out into the world. And James chapter three, verse 17 and 18 just really explains to me what people should see and how I should act out in the world as I share Jesus. So, again, James chapter three, verse 17. But the wisdom from above is, first of all, pure it is also peace-loving, gentle at all times and willing to yield to others. It is full of mercy and the fruit of good deeds. It shows no favoritism, is always sincere, and those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of righteousness. This is how we're to go out and share the gospel. This is what it should look like. And you know, I I know there's a a lot of questions about that. You know what it looks like for each person and you know, it's true. It does look a little different for each person. But the bottom line is we're to go out to share Jesus and we're to share God's word. Not some other teachings, not some other man. You know, we need to be in sharing God's word. And I, as we get ready to close up, I am talking about the Great Commission. I want to Vicki really this verse had spoken to her and it spoke to me as I read it in Exodus 14. Because as we read this, I think so many people and, you know, Alyssa shared about it. She was scared to go out there and share. And many people are afraid to go out there and share the good news, to share about Jesus. And I'd like to read this verse here in Exodus chapter 14, verse 13. But Moses told the people, don't be afraid. Stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. The Egyptians will see Today and will never be seen again. The Lord himself will fight for you Just stay calm And what a message for the time that we're in, you know, many of us are in our homes. We can't get out um But you know what that calling to the great commission just because we're here in our homes doesn't mean that we can sit idle I don't think god ever gave us permission Just to take a vacation for two months and not share the gospel because we're in lockdown, right? He didn't he didn't say, uh, don't worry about it. While well, during this coronavirus, people need Jesus now more than ever. And we need God's word and we need to be in God's word each day. Like Vicki shared, if we're in God's word, the Holy Spirit will use that and give us tools to go out and share the gospel through his word, not through some other resource, but through his word. You know, and this coronavirus gives a wonderful opportunity to share with the technology that we have around the world. You know, so many people, I'll give you a, a way to share the gospel. You ready? You can just follow me on this. If you know someone that doesn't know Jesus, or maybe they even do know Jesus, you can ask him and you can ask them about the coronavirus. You can ask them, are you scared of the coronavirus? And I'm going to ask you, "Why? why are you scared of it? Maybe. Are you worried about your loved ones getting it and them dying? Or maybe you're worried about you getting it and you dying? I mean, where does a fear of coronavirus come in? And I believe the fear, most people would get down and you can seek it out of them. The fear would come from them dying, right? I mean, worst case scenario with coronavirus is you die. So that would be your fear, right? Or someone you love die. Well, why? Then you ask them, why would you fear death? Why? Why? What's so scary about death and if they don't know jesus they may explain well, you know I don't know what happens to me or what's going to take place and then you can share the promises that we have in jesus I don't have to fear coronavirus. I don't have to fear death because I have jesus in me And I will go to heaven And I have that salvation guaranteed through the cross and jesus christ and his resurrection so, I don't have to have this fear, and I don't have fear. And you can have that promise too. You don't have to have fear of a disease or sickness or the world or what will take place to you because we know. We know how this is going to work out. We get to be in the everlasting arms of Jesus, our Lord and Savior. So, that's just maybe, you know, you can work from that. How can you start a conversation with someone around you that doesn't know Jesus? You can use this situation to ask them, Why are you afraid? I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid because I I know Jesus. I don't know. I just pray the Holy Spirit would teach teach you through this and reveal to you many ways you can go out and share the gospel. But it definitely starts with being in God's word and in fellowship with other believers each and every day and being in prayer to Jesus. So I thank you for joining us today. Again, I thank you for all the congratulations and the best wishes for my wedding anniversary. I'm so blessed. We're going to continue our service with a little bit of worship. And prayer. But again, if you have any prayer request at all, please let us know. We'd love to pray with you. Or maybe there's someone out there that you know that doesn't know Jesus. Maybe it's a family member or a friend. Text us. Let us pray for you to have an opportunity to to share Jesus with them. Let us pray for them that their hearts would be softened and their minds and their ears would be open to receive the good news of Jesus Christ. We'd love to pray with you. We'd love to lift lift you up. And again, if you have any testimonies about how you're fulfilling the Great Commission, especially in times as this, let us know. Because again, just because we're in stay-at-home orders, we still need to be going and proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. I love you all, and God bless and